This is 120, right? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to start the timer now, but I'm okay. just going to say is like... This won't, probably won't be as long as a catch-up one, because this is going to be... Is it, are, are we ever going to have like a, a an official start to this show? Or are, we, is, are they they're all going to have soft openings now? Are we, you know, these kind of like, we're talking and it just kind of... I kind of like soft openings sometimes. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Do you like it didn't sound formal? dirty until you said it. Yeah, I was, saying, <laughs> I was fine with it until it sounded very sexual. Something about Ronald's silky tones. <laughs> soft opening. That did sound gross. Oh, God, that really sounded gross. <laughs> Soft openings. But yes. Wasn't that a Teddy Pendergrass song? <laughs> I think it it should have been if it wasn't. <laughs> his all, his other hit, uh, All On Your Face. Yeah. It was a sister, <laughs> sister single, yeah. Uh, yeah, so welcome to Movie Schmovie. Welcome to our spooky Halloween <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, episode 120, and I'm Steve. And I'm John. And I'm Ronald. We weren't Ronald sure of that. Yeah. So, so I've noticed sometimes you say Ron and sometimes you say Ronald. Do you, do you feel like some nights you're Ron and some nights you're Ronald? I growing up, I really didn't understand Ron until mm-hmm. I moved like to suburbia. Like that, that was like a big thing. It's like Ron, sh- you're shortening my name, and then they just call me R sometimes. Or I prefer R James. R. James. I like R. James. <laughs> it sounds like an author <laughs> or a director yeah. or something. Yeah. R James. <laughs> Just my, just my personal opinion. Yeah, I like it. Um, so yeah, this is uh, gonna be our. Hey man, oh. <laughs> this Everybody's... is uh, where we introduce Henry. Yeah, this is when yeah. we uh, when we have a good night before round things Henry. get too scary. Yeah, come here, buddy. Bring it in. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where John hugs Henry to sends good night to bed. Is that old school Mickey? I think that no, that's uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Have a wonderful is. night, Henry. Good have night, a good buddy. evening. <laughs> so yeah that was pretty scary right there yeah look at that <laughs> you know yeah. they, they they always do throw in like the sound of a child's voice in yeah. a horror film to make it scary how crazy would it be if it was like pitch black and he went good night yeah oh my god where's that trailer, voice coming from trailer for you, you actually do learn not to be freaked out to like wake up in the middle of the night and see like <laughs> a, a little, little face <laughs> right there a little face like that's gonna just, take getting used just to like in the gloom you know yeah. but like you can make it out and it's standing there because a the kid will come up and if they want to hop in bed because they you know they wake up in the middle of the night it's like they're kind of shy and they will just kind of stand there for a second and you'll you feel that i don't know there's a yeah, name for presence. that where you like feel someone's eyes on yeah, you you know yeah, yeah and like uh what that is amazing because you can always tell like I've been in airports and stuff, and you can feel somebody looking at you like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, this yeah. person is staring in my face. It's very strange. Yeah. So what do you do, though, if someone catches you? Like, if you're looking around and someone catches you, do you look away as quick as you can, or do you just go? I just stared you deeper. Just keep staring. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that in a weird way, I want to do that. At that point, you just have to engage. As creepy as that might be, I feel like the looking away looks like you were Yeah, creepier, that acknowledges you know? it. Yeah, like, right. I'm actually looking past you. Yeah. Don't flatter yourself. Because yeah. what you I'll do is like, shit. look away quickly, and then I'll be like... Do you shake your hair like that all the time? Well, like I the toss little my flip? hair to the side. Yeah. But then if, they, if I can tell they're still looking at me like, well, that, was that guy just looking at me? I try to then look like I'm looking around at a lot of different things. Uh. <laughs> so, that so that they're like, oh, that guy's just looking around. He's not a... He wasn't staring at me. If it's a woman I find unattractive sometimes i've i've literally gone uh for some reason (laughs) are you that close to her that she'd be able to hear that though you're in proximity within uh maybe 10 feet or so okay yeah you could hear that yeah i've always uh because it's a strange thing like you you kind of 
Is that usually followed by like a security guard coming over right. to you? <laughs> yeah. She's like, security, this jerk can leave. And this then, man has been moaning and yeah, for, yeah. Really, for 30 minutes really weird. straight. <laughs> it is strange. It is strange. Because we could be looking at people for all different reasons. You know, mm-hmm. like, that looks like a friend of mine. That looks like a guy from a TV show yeah. or something like this. <laughs> well, you do sort of forget that you're looking at human beings. <laughs> yeah. When you're in that game of staring at somebody, you do forget that like they can stop and look at you and you're like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. I was like watching their, I was watching their argument or I was yeah. watching their, their parenting or whatever it is, you know, and sometimes you realize, you know, especially when that's it's... why sunglasses are great. Oh yeah. Because you really can sort of you can hide behind that. When it's something strange that you pick up on, like you can look at somebody, you're like, why is that person texting like that? Why are they mm-hmm. texting like they're tapping on a keyboard? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so strange. And then you just stare at it, and then they notice you're noticing, and then, yeah. What is their problem? Yeah, what the f- What the fuck? Yeah. That's some pretty scary yeah, stuff, that, isn't that, it? That's <laughs> where shit gets real scary. Oh, yeah. This is this is our straight up Halloween episode. Much, yeah, much like this like, episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, standing around staring at people, pretty creepy, pretty, pretty scary, creepy. pretty spooky. Do you think you've ever scared the shit out of anybody? Like, do you think you've ever anyone's ever gotten the wrong idea? Hmm. Like, do you think you've ever have you ever stalked anyone? Have you actually murdered someone? Ronald? I mean, I gotta be honest, man. I you would think that being black and in the city sometimes like just walking near people sometimes they just snatch things up like you're not even near this person's bigger than me yeah and they're like i'm like what is going on like i i must be a ghoulish person like i, I mean i don't know that's fucking weird to me i love it like when i like go to hold the door for somebody and somebody mm-hmm. reaches out for the door they don't realize i'm holding a door when they realize i'm oh, holding the door they're yeah. scared yeah, yeah. they're yeah. like oh god yeah. I'm like, oh, sorry. Just yeah. the for you. I like those moments where like you don't mean to scare them. Like you're mm-hmm. just standing in this shared space, yeah. and they're completely unaware of you. This is the opposite end, obviously. Right. And they turn around, you're there, and you're like, oh god, I, am I that ugly? Yeah. You know, it's like you, you. <laughs> I wasn't really even looking at you, but yeah, I just happened to notice you like a normal human being would. But you yeah. are obviously in your own little world. Have you noticed with texting? Well, I, that well, Steve, you a do lot tend more? to like stand there with like your hollow, sunken eyes, yeah. grinding your teeth as black blood oozes out of your that's, mouth. Yeah, that's just yeah. that's a normal thing for me. Oh, that's what I I'm guess saying. most people don't take that. Most people that common. know you think of that as just Steve. as Steve. Yeah, right. But if, yeah. but the people that have seen you, make you for a the strong first point. Time, right, it can you make be it, disconcerting. I, yeah. I understand now. Yeah. yeah. With texting, it happens a lot more often. I'm noticing, like people just not paying attention. They just like walk up to you. Yeah, like that happens a lot. Like people are just looking down at their phones. Doing whatever they see doing people in wandering into traffic on their yeah. phones, texting. Oh God, I'm in the middle of the highway. Right. It's crazy. This is a good text though. Yeah. I could not stop this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my friend how good, how good Grey's Anatomy was yeah. last night. So good. I had to tell them. So stupid. Oh so man. For so, a split yeah. second, I thought you were just going on an unsequitur about how Grey's, Grey's Anatomy was actually good last night. And I was like, wait a minute. When did it happen to these two guys? Or Grey's Anatomy. That would be truly scary. It would be. Ooh. That would be. You're right. It would be. Um, so, so this year... Yeah, we've talked about we've talked about horror films. On, well, you guys did it before I came along. And then yeah. I think we've taken a different topic. We did horror movie heroes. What did we do another time? We just did favorite, like scariest moments. Scariest moments, yeah. So I thought it would be fun to do a little blast of negativity. Ooh. Uh, and I suggested that we do horror movie pet peeves, which we usually do our pet peeves episode kind of at the end of the year to be like, these are our pet peeves about movies for the yeah. whole year. Mm-hmm. But I thought that with horror, and I was actually talking about this with Ronald but while you were, you were dealing with some personal business on the phone for mm. a moment, Steve. Mm. But, um, but we kind of pre, we, we did a little pregame planning and we realized that uh one of the purposes of this episode is to kind of maybe get into that topic of like 
you know, horror movies, as good as they can be, they're st- it's still kind of seen as like a shitty genre by a lot yeah. of people. I mean, as a lifelong horror fan, I've dug through some absolute dreck to get these great moments, sure. these great scenes, and sure. sometimes discover a great film. Uh-huh. But in general, horror films are sort of disreputable in a strange kind of way. And I think a lot of the appeal comes from that because it almost seems like there's no rules. Right. But there are also a lot of patterns and cliches that do get repeated a lot. And I thought it, you know, in a weird way, even though I'm a fan of the genre, I do have some some feelings about things that I see a lot of times that I think either hold horror movies back or just in particular films are kind of where I sign out and go, okay, this film is, is not for me. Do you kind of know that as a fan? Do you yeah, feel like absolutely. you've watched a lot of garbage? Yeah, I mean, and I think once you get to a certain point, though, that's part of what makes you appreciate horror movies, too. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it works. It's like, sometimes it still works for that movie, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just can identify as, okay, that's kind of what everybody does. You know, and you almost expect it, but not in the best way. Mm-hmm. You know, like some of the things I'm sure that we're going to talk about, some of it is just, I feel like some of the things are kind of like, it's like automatic because of the genre. Mm-hmm. Some of yeah. it might be because of a budget or, I, you know, of what, what people, because. You and I, or whoever, like as a fan of horror, you would want maybe some of these things to change. But I feel like what attracts a lot of people to this genre is the fact that they know that's coming. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that I can rely on, take whatever rule from screen that they broke, you know, that happening. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it's a little more predictable and they know I can bank on expecting this and it's going to scare me or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like some of these things are played because of audience expectations. Mm-hmm. Some films out there, though, in the past few years, like they've kind of turned some of them, you know, on the side and been like, that make it a little different. It's and, almost and become its own kind of cliche. Exactly. Is that now we're going to turn it on its head. Exactly. You know? exactly. So there's a lot of things that I might have said 10 years ago with the big cliches of horror films that I don't necessarily think are true now, but yeah. some things it's interesting how they've kind of stayed the same. I know you're not as big of a genre, no. like so, as far as horror goes. I think I know why. They're not your favorite genre, right? Yeah, I think I know why horror films have kind of the thing. That stigma about it. Okay, so if you can sum this up quickly, we can end this episode. Horror, horror films are a lot like porn films in that a lot of the like cliche stereotypes haven't left the genre. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and why women are very weak? You know, black people are very loud. Like, hey, you suck What you talking about? Like that. That has not changed. I know it sounds weird, but like those those things haven't left horror. Mm-hmm. So like, if you see a shitty version of a horror film guaranteed you will see it in it and it's mm-hmm. in more movies than not right right so like the the like i don't know like torture porn and women being abused and stuff like that i i see that in a lot of bad horror films but if mm-hmm. you see a good horror film they tend to get away from those things they had, tend to be stronger characters and more developed characters and not kind of relying on these sort of uh, hokey things that porn kind of relies on. I know it sounds weird. Well, no, actually, when you said that, but the first has... thing I thought was that like horror films are known for having like the scenes that you're waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Through, through, through the through the it's long period weird. of I'm other not... scenes that are that you don't even expect to be that good, yeah. and that sounds exactly like porn it's to me. Very weird, and also, like... I would say that the term money shot. I I, <laughs> the, I think the first time I heard that was in reference to like a. a uh, an effects shot oh, like yeah. it was Tom Savini or yeah. some effects yeah. guy talking about the, a head exploding or something sure. like that and sure. they used the phrase money shot so it's funny that, that there's, there's something about like yeah. there, there's something about that's why and I, if you don't get a certain release every 10 or 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, the movie's just, not doing its job right terrible no that's, that's true there's something about the way the genre is done that's very like hokey but there's like those sort of things that kind of keep going along with the genre that make it kind of hard for people to take it seriously yeah that which which is one of those things, though. Like that—that's kind of what makes good horror good horror. It's like finding 
good movies in the midst of all this shit that comes out because it they're really easy to shoot. I mean, people you don't really have to be a good actor, so supposedly. That's well, I mean, the, I think there's so the many belief. things that's like, that's like a chicken and egg thing, but I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that's the belief that you don't really have to have good actors in yeah. it. Like it's I, I, so. Yeah, that's that's what I from the outside looking in mm-hmm. before. I have to which tell is you, weird though because you love porn, right? I love so I was porn. like, why don't you love horror movies? Well, what's crazy <laughs> is I honestly would not have watched as many horror films as I have if it weren't for you. Yeah. And you, Aww. seriously, Aww. like he he put me on to an idea that I was really My not very. <laughs> I wasn't Wait, very. You something really good there. <laughs> I received. I just I just stared at you in slow motion, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. I wasn't I wasn't really into it. I will it. leave. I'll, I'll I'll go up. You know, There's plenty of room. There's a futon right there, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so anti horror film. Like yeah. I was just very. Like, I remember some of our first episodes we were talking it's about. Like what the fuck? Like mm-hmm. like watching horror movies like in a theater versus at home. Yeah. Remember we were talking about that. But no, it's it's a really good point. It's ac- absolutely true, and I think it's like we're all kind of hitting on the same thing of like an expectation mm-hmm. yeah. being expected, both for good and bad reasons. You know, yeah. good for the viewer because you want to bank on that kind of thing. You know, but but there's plenty of things which we're going to talk about. Without right. you kind of teased a few of them in your in your yeah. breakdown, but um, you know the things that like John said are are the pet peeves that you most like. You know, you kind of. Like cringe, you know. It's like they could t- they could be things that take you out of the movie. Right. It could just right. be things that you're tired of seeing, or it could be something that actually like you know. I tried to think of something that actually like disturbs me, and okay. I found that there's not that much mm. that actually disturbs me. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I actually look for those movies that are going to disturb me. So sometimes with a horror film, there's something to be said for like that kind of transgressive aspect that you feel like if someone's making a horror film, they should have one really gruesome idea at least right. that they that they really hit home with yeah. you you know and that you should walk out almost being like i'm not sure what i think of that like whether it was just seeing something awful happening or it lingering too long on something gory or the, what i would say the better kind of horror is the more atmospheric kind of horror that is probably harder to create and and it's also connected to the the fact that so many of my favorite films are horror films yeah but like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't reach those those heights. Did you watch much of the Masters of Horror show? No. You, well, no. the funny thing that I felt about that, because if anyone who's listening doesn't know what that is, it was Showtime, I it was believe. Showtime, yeah. That put together this show called Masters of Horror uh, seven or eight years ago. Uh, that was. <clears throat> it was basically the idea was they were taking all these horror directors that had been seen as kind of schlocky B movie directors in the seventies and eighties when they were working, but that had built up this re- reputation over the past twenty years because mm. there's so many film fans that are horror fans. I mean, I sure. think that there is a. Uh, a, it's almost a cliche of like people who are into movies don't watch a lot of old movies unless they're horror films. And I think that there is something to be said for that idea that when you get together with a bunch of friends, even if it's a bad horror movie, a horror movie is, you can almost count on it being more entertaining than a bad romantic comedy oh, absolutely. or a bad comedy or a bad yeah, drama. So all these movies have built up these reputations. And so they started digging up these directors, people like John Carpenter and George Romero and people that had, you know, had become names and were pretty well known, but weren't called geniuses and weren't called auteurs, uh, except by the people that had built up their reputation over the years. And they were giving them this little walk in the sun saying, Masters of Horror, they're all going to do this anthology show, like an hour long movie. And some of them were pretty good. I would say John Carpenter had one that was pretty good. Um, But what I noticed more about that was how many of them were bad. Sure. And how oh. much I was like, gosh, maybe Toby Hooper 
had a couple of good movies, but he's not a genius. And maybe George Romero had a couple of great moments, but he's not a film genius. Like, it's not like throw just a little bit of money at these these guys and look at what they'll come up with. It was very kind of saddening to me to realize that I had put all this energy and had spent Mm. all these years thinking of these movies and thinking of these directors and going, oh, if only these directors could get the appreciation they deserve and realizing maybe they had a couple of good ideas. Someone like Wes Craven continues to make, you know, halfway decent films, but a lot of them are bad. And really, he may have had one or two great ideas in his career, and they were based on when he was young and transgressive. And there's something kind of punk rock about that horror. Do you know what I mean? That's just so... It's like there's something kind of dangerous about it. You should sort of feel disquieted by it. And I don't know that you can keep coming up... I don't know that the same mind can keep generating more ways of, of, uh, I don't know, just upping the ante and upping the scares, so... Mm. So it is for me. That was the beginning of me going. You know, there's there are some real problems with horror as a genre, and I understand why. As you said, Ronald, some people just don't take it seriously because yeah. they think of it as like a B movie genre. But then you have movies like The Shining or American Werewolf in London or uh, you know Psycho. There's yeah. tons of movies that are considered to be uh, classics that you would say are out and out horror films. So, yeah. so Ronald, you, do you want to get us started? Little kids. Oh, bastard! Fucking little kids, bro. <laughs> How, this is gonna be a hard show. I'm gonna run I, out of ideas. Yeah, like... no, that's why I said it's kind of like the opportunity for it to be like a round table of yeah, just yeah, yeah, these yeah. things. Do this it. last decade or so, uh, it's, it's been kids, 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 mm-hmm. and it's really hard. At first, the little kid, like the the ring whole idea, that really excited me. Like the idea of a little. I don't know, a little girl, or I don't know how young she was, but it's somebody. You're talking about the ghost kid or the the, ghost the, the kid. kid who's like sensitive to the ghost? Because oh, I would say, yeah, both were okay. Because there's multifacets <laughs> to children in horror yeah. films, but you're talking specifically about like child ghosts. Yeah, child ghosts. Um, distant, distant, echoey laughter. Yeah, yeah. That that's really uh, all very cool elements. If they're sprinkled throughout the story, but if they rely on that, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I really like that anymore. I've seen it so much at this point, so many movies. I've seen maybe in the past five or six years, maybe fifteen or so movies. Yeah, with kids <clears throat> as and you just don't it, like how like that's the yeah. Like, at that's just at, the at go-to. some point, that that can't be scary. Like it, you see mm-hmm. them enough, and it's not done in a original way. Like they're they're very like. <laughs> they had a little laugh. Well, then... I, was, I was gonna say, like, I would take your comment, which I agree with, <sighs> and I'll just a part of what I was gonna pick as one well, of yeah, my yeah, choices right. was not just child like kids, <laughs> but I would say like bad kid actors. Oh yes, yes, in oh, horror God. movies. <laughs> I mean, overall, you could say there's a lot of bad acting in horror films. I was right? gonna say that any category that was like a character based <laughs> category, yes. I realized I had this little floating item of. Of bad acting that yes. I couldn't decide where it fit in on my list. Yeah. It's like I didn't want that to be one of my one of my problems, but I do think yes, the problem can be that these are not every now and then. It's a great kid actor, yeah. or somebody like the kid uh, who played Danny Torrance in The Shining. At least yeah. you know brings something believable to it. Poltergeist, pretty good. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but but there's like so, so many of these movies, like whether it's the kid that's supposed to be scary mm-hmm. or the kid that's supposed to be just a cute kid that's like a, a victim or you yeah. know that's that's like yeah. the target of something. There's so many horror movies. Well, it's always movies. the kid who's got, like, gifts, too. It's yeah. Like, and, and they're so... He sees ghosts and no one else does or whatever. And they're so damn cute, too, you know? Yeah, you're yeah. just like, oh, you're so cute, but, like, oh, I, you're you're annoying me more than this movie should. Yeah. Like, one of the primary ones I always think of is the, is the kid from Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. uh, Gage or whatever his name was in the movie. 
horrible, horrible. <laughs> and I mean, there's so many of them. Like the kid from the, I, I really didn't like the kid from like the ring. You know, like you the, like, the the son. You know, like the little kid. No, I don't know. Like he I was kind of he was weird. But, well, but he was weird. Yeah, That's he was like Dakota Fanning weird though. Yeah. You're talking about like two. <laughs> Old for a little kid. Well, body. that's a whole. Like, that's a different conversation. That's a whole. Skip. That's a whole other pet peeve of mine. But you, you know what we'll I'm we'll saying? We'll do an just, episode where we pick on children. Just, just like you know, you don't want to be episode. the asshole that calls out a kid acting. Oh, but it's like you know, I don't know. Like if, if it's the if it's the anchor of a story. Like if it's the, if it's that they're the target of something. Like or they're the they're they're your conduit to what's going on in this world. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't go with you if you are really that fucking annoying. Yeah. Because some of them are just so bad. It, you know, there's but so much especially to this. especially when you say you can say like there's a really good one like yeah. you know Danny from you know right or um you know like I don't know what's another really good one I don't know um I didn't really mind Haley Joe Osment in the Sixth Sense no I thought he was good you know like he's good like there's some that are really good you're like okay so that tells me that there are some that are really good yeah. so I can't really excuse that all the time a lot of the kids from The Conjuring were really good yeah I yeah I mean, especially the, I'm talking younger you yeah. know like oh, no, yeah. a lot of the the teens and like there's there's a whole different pet peeve about teens, but um, the kids, <laughs> yeah, pr- the kids, sure. man. I think okay, so like to piggyback on this kids thing, I think what's funny is there's two or three. Th- I'm glad you talked about the ghosts because mm-hmm. the the far off echoey laughter is a terrible cliche. So is the kid who can see ghosts. I would even say more so that kid has plot armor on because almost never does anything truly bad happen to the kid. So what it does is it gives the filmmakers a way to create cheap tension that doesn't really scare you because you don't really worry for the kid. I mean, it's rare the movie that does anything. I mean, even for all its flaws, one of the few things that Mama did that was surprising was that there was a little bit of ambiguity as to what the fate of the kid, one of the kids was. Mm -hmm. Um, And The Conjuring did some great things. Like one of my favorite scenes is that scene in the bedrooms, the bedrooms, (sighs) the bedroom with the with the two girls and the sh- the shadow in the corner. That's what I was thinking about just now when we were talking about Henry earlier, hearing yeah. just the voice or like yeah. you know staring into the dark with your kid at night. <laughs> yeah. Like you stare at the dark so long that you start to make out a face, yeah. but you're yeah. like, is that a face? Or well, I, I, just still, I had a conversation with, with a friend just the other day. We were talking about The Conjuring, and we were saying that like in that scene, I don't know for sure that there that. I don't know that there were not any effects in that corner. It was right. a dark corner, but right. I stared at it in that scene long enough to believe I saw something Absolutely. there. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's what you can do with your brain. But, but in that, back to what I was saying, yeah. that like outside of the way that, that can be good, um, with child actors, it's it's like on top of the fact that they might be annoying, they're being used in a way that's supposed to manipulate you. Yeah. And when they're annoying or they're bad, it just magnifies how brazenly they stand out in the plot as either something that's supposed to be scary but isn't, yeah. or a kid you're supposed to care about but you don't. Or whatever, you know, yeah. and, and and it's that cheap thing. I mean, it really is like a, if you were writing something, if you were to go like, how can I get the audience's sympathy? Putting a kid in danger is just about... It's the it's cheapest like, thing. It's like next to uh, sexually threatening a woman uh, with some kind of sexual violence, yeah. you know, uh, that in a film, as far as a way to create yeah. like automatic revulsion. And it really can be like a cheap tactic. It doesn't mean you can't ever do it. Sure, sure. But it's like, it's a cheap tactic. And then when you know they're not going to pay it off... Like, I can remember a, f- a few times that I've seen something bad happen to a kid in a horror film, and my respect for the film went up. Not because yeah. I don't like children, but because I was like, oh, now you've got my attention. Yeah. I don't know if you know the remake of The Blob from the yep, 80s. Yep. There's a kid, there's a death in that yep, that's yep. quite surprising. Yes. And the kid is like, I think, a deliberately annoying kid. Yes. So it made it kind of fun, and it was yeah. like a, almost like a oh, funny yeah, part that's of the good. film. I like but that. But that was one of the rare times where I was like, oh, they can break that yeah. rule. And Did, but, but it still doesn't happen that often. I don't like to feel manipulated when it comes to stories and and there's something i love kids but there's something about the idea that like somebody sees a kid and just because they're a kid Mm -hmm. 
somebody goes, oh, that thing that I don't have that. I don't have it. I've never mm-hmm. had it. It's not that I don't like kids. It has nothing to do that with that. It just has to do with the fact that like they're human beings. Right. And the fact that they're being used in that way as mm-hmm. a form of manipulation, especially in these stories, is terrible to me. Mm-hmm. It, particularly if the kid, if the kid's going to be, and they're never like really committing acts of violence they're like kind of showing up and scratching you in the face or something like that yeah i like all or nothing i kind of like the idea of like what chucky was like chucky was like he would hit you with a ruler or you know hit you with a hammer or something like that that made more sense to I like me that too than kind of like the faint little <laughs> hit you with a ruler yeah. <laughs> is that he actually like, a scene in but the you know no, some no, of those rules have the metal edge you know you're right yeah, he went for that yeah, you know, like, right. till she bled which yeah. was fucking weird but yeah, you're right i forgot about the little metal part that yeah, sticks yeah. out of the wooden ruler. you can't underestimate the, the or metal you actually part. have one of those straight up <laughs> aluminum rulers those yeah could, those yeah could do some damage i take back what i said but yeah man like that something about being manipulated by a little kid just being a little kid yeah messes with me a little bit i just think that they can do better it just seems like the kind of thing that you would not like again like i said if you were writing a horror film mm-hmm. you would probably say to yourself i'm not gonna put a kid in this <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna... and so it surprises me when people just lead with that when they have the little kid going mommy i heard something i'm just like oh okay you know and again if the kid's a good actor sometimes you can feel for them and you know another great exception to the rule would be uh let the right one in and let me in oh yeah Both of those you know had had good child acting in it but it's it's rare so yeah it's very rare so and what... and like did you watch the strain yeah the kid on that was awful i thought so bad and it reminds me of how bad i i've started to kind of like carl coral as a character on, on walking dead but that kid is a pretty iffy that actor kid is too. a sh- piece of shit girl <laughs> i don't like him in that show he's like he has no redeeming qualities. It's hard to care for. I have, for some reason, warmed up to those characters only at this. <laughs> only the first, the new episode of the the the, the new season. I, I found it. myself going, okay. For some reason, I'm liking these characters. Okay. I think it's because they had stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're boring. Shit was happening. They're boring assholes with nothing to do half the time. But on yeah. that show, when things moving, it's like I go, okay. I actually do yeah. kind of. I have a vested interest in seeing these characters reunite. You know what that is? What? And or maybe one of them will get killed. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Maybe something is at stake now. Yeah. Maybe. Well, for, for for a while, though, I feel like I'm the only person in America that actually likes Rick. I mean, as a character. I like Rick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like Rick. I mean, Rick. I think he's supposed to be a flawed yeah, yeah. character, but I feel like he, he tries. And there's something yeah. about that that I actually find moving. A character who, like, however much they fuck up, is trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I find that to be actually sort of sort of powerful, but... Would you was it Shane the guy that from the first yeah. and second? What do you think about him? Well, last week uh, we talked about, or on our last episode, we talked about his performance in Fury. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was great in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that he's like a go-to guy for like you know uh, just mean shit kicker. Yeah, type yes. character, yeah. You know. he's so good at it, man. Um, Anyway, we'll go, you know, we'll maybe we'll talk about Walking Dead on our next uh, TV movie okay. if I ever do that again. But as as back to this list, does anybody have anything else to say about children in horror films? Like we um, uh, No. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we've That's all the bad mouthing we're going to do of children for now. <laughs> yeah. But it does it's like you're right. There's almost like an unspoken rule that you can't complain about kid acting you can't. and it's you like can't complain just... about that element. And it's almost like there's that's one more thing they're doing is throwing that in there to say yeah. like here's something you can't deny. But uh well, I would. I'll go ahead and throw in uh, one of mine, and this is one that's kind of broad, but I realized it has a lot. A lot of the issues I have with horror films, especially going back and looking at some of my favorites, um, 
and then looking at what I don't like about movies and how it can be in the same series, I just think uh, sequels, over-sequelization oh, of horror one. films is a huge problem. I mean, it's part of, again, what you were saying, Steve, a lot of these are connected to what makes them kind of charming. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun to be like, I'm going to go see the new Paranormal Activity film, or yeah. I never saw any of the Saw films, but I know for like six years running, that was like people were going to see those. You know, and I have watched all of the Friday Friday the 13th movies, all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, all of the Halloween movies, even the two Rob Zombie abortions. Uh, so it's like, I um, I know the allure of coming back for more, mm-hmm. but it hurts me to think that when you see a good, especially a horror film, that you sort of know, okay, if this worked well on its own accord, yeah. there's probably going to be some shitty, even if it was like made by someone who is a, a, a director who has like a style, the chance of it possibly being made as a shitty direct to DVD or direct to uh, yeah. uh, on demand now, I guess, but but just direct to home video uh, sequel seems high. Or if it's successful enough, you know they're going to do that. Oh, let's get one of these yeah. out every year. It is such an assembly line that yeah. you almost hope for a movie not to be super successful. Like as much as we all sort of enjoyed The Conjuring, and as much as I'd feel like okay, maybe there's more to be done with those characters, you know that it will start to feel. You know that if it's successful, there'll just be more yeah. and more and more. And at some point, it will start to feel like diminishing returns. Like yeah. no matter how successful the movie is, and I think sometimes the reason why some movies work. Again, back to The Shining, one of the reasons why that movie is so scary is because you can't really replicate it. You couldn't really say, like, what would the sequel even be? Yeah. It doesn't lead to a sequel. So many horror movies seem to be, like, begging for a sequel at the end. And that's always, like, a part where I kind of go, oh, yeah. You know, like The Strangers. It's one of the most franchise-friendly genres out there. And it's a great way to dilute what may have been, like, an original story. Sure, sure. And even sequels I love, different genre, but even sequels I love, like I've thought about with Indiana Jones, like Raiders of the Lost Ark is is what I think a truly great film. Mm -hmm. I think those sequels are are fun, and I want to see as much of that, well, I thought I wanted to see (laughs) as much of that character as as they would show me, but, like, if you really break it down, all you really need for the... For the you know the, the time capsule yeah. is Raiders of the sure, Lost Ark. Sure, so sure. Sequels are usually unnecessary. Yeah. Every now and then, like a great moment will pop up in a sequel that I'll say, okay, I'm glad they they did that, but I just am not that interested in seeing something rehashed because that's all they try to do is just rehash it with a slightly different spin on it, and whatever was original and fresh about the first one will become just part of a template. You know, yeah. yeah. There's six wrong turn movies. I just wrong, saw that. There wrong was a, turn. Did you see how highly rated the sixth one was? Yeah, it's like just came out. On, it's like rated an eight out of ten. Yeah, I on saw IMDb that. And I've been seeing it. ads all, all over the internet Fucking for that. Crazy. It's definitely how... one of the top six wrong turn films. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's got to be yeah. in my top six favorites. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right, John. That's craziness. I mean, how many saws are there? Don't were, were there seven? The first they quit? seven at I, least. The first three, man. I fucking love. Really? I only liked the first one. You didn't like the second one? Nah. I wasn't I, I didn't I didn't really even love the first one. I, I, I like it was one of those things like this is kind of different and original. Like there was an original mm-hmm. part of that film that I thought was really fun. Yeah. But then it, it really is what John just said. And even if you like two and three, it still diminishes as it goes along. Like because mm-hmm. you really don't capture like the whole idea of what Saw One was or the twist and think... all that stuff. Like you, you can't really reset that. I think you the know, worst out of that sort of genre, honestly, is what's the one uh, where shit happens accidentally and they're like uh, dodging Final it. Destination. Final Destination. Final yeah. Destinations are probably the worst because it feels like. The first one was fun. The first I like one was really one. fun. I like that one. But it's so intentional, the blueprint that gets set up in the beginning of the oh, movie. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got to dodge death for the rest yeah. of the, the uh, 
God damn it. But and the reality is like, the, but, but what do you want if you're seeing Final Destination 5? Right. Yeah. Outside yeah. of five teenagers who weird things happen in the beginning and it's really like, how can they creatively kill the shit <laughs> yes. out of these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like they're not going to just die. They're going to get killed hard. It's like watching those crazy dominoes. Yes. Like <laughs> yes. fall like, yes. and then something crazy happens. It's, it's so weird. Um, yeah. No, totally. But you're right. It's as much as I love the genre and I'm usually like, I, I don't like like sequels, but I'm usually like, I'll, I'll go see it. Right. You know, like we've seen the the Insidious sequel, and I'm sure we'll probably see The Conjuring You know what I mean? You're, yeah. I'm always interested in seeing it, but you're absolutely right, though, that it's like you really can't reset the clock after something great. If it, if it was at least really good or great. Yeah. You know, it's how do you capture that again? Because most of those horror movies that have that special touch, it's like lightning in a bottle. Like you can't, they usually cannot replicate it. All they're really trying to tap into is um you know what you liked about it, not mm-hmm. really what you loved about it, because they're not going to be able to do right. that again. They're and not maybe be they maybe they will do something different that is cool, but it it's you still some part of you thinks like why not just go do a different thing? Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, I totally agree. And, totally I, agree. and again, there there are probably exceptions to the rule. I was trying to think what are some of my favorite horror movie sequels, and like I remember up through the third Nightmare on Elm Street film, there were like moments. That felt like they, you know, that were up to snuff of yeah. what was scary about yeah. the first film. And sometimes with horror films too, it's like they get a little bit more money because it was a success, and that can help sometimes. But it doesn't always help. Yeah. I think the first few minutes of Halloween two is actually is like belongs in the same in the same totally. story as yes. Halloween. It's actually yes. that opening scene is actually really scary, where the yeah. people are, you know, he's just kind of going through people's yards and houses and stuff. When it gets to the hospital, it kind of gets bogged you tell down. Shifts, yeah. And also, that's you know, like Michael Myers is a great example because that's a character where, as they went along, they had to add all this mythology to him, and they made him like a guy who's like possessed by some demonic force, and there's a cult of the Black Thorn or something like that. Yeah. That's trying, and it's like, no, he was like a guy. And even the Rob Zombie movies, that one of the reasons they bugged me so much was because they tried to over-explain. Yeah. And like he was a guy, he was the boogeyman basically. That shape, that face, that expressionless white face with the dark eyes standing there, and then like seeing you and kind of cocking his head, and then just kind of slowly walking towards you. The it, like the unavoidable aspect oh, of man. that, so oh, scary. So as good. soon as you start explaining his background and like showing him as they did in the Rob Zombie film, showing showing him as a little kid and like having them talk about what's wrong with him and stuff, it it it's yeah. not as scary. And it's like you can't. I think that's one of the things about sequels, and it's actually related to one of the other things on my list that I might get to is like just that uh, that tendency to want to give more information and provide background and explanation of stuff that maybe was more scary when it was just mysterious and yeah. all it had to sustain was like a 90 minute story. Yep. Um also it it kind of robs you of whatever ending you may achieve because almost inevitably there's a character who you thought was dead who comes back uh whether it's the killer or one of the victims, you know, but like a really good horror movie usually ends in a in a like we're fucked kind of way yeah. and if you're tr- if it, it's you know back to what we were saying about kids if there's any character that has some kind of plot or story armor on where you know they're going to survive because they're trying to get a sequel out i think it just kind of cheapens the the storytelling so yeah um oh is it my turn or just my go yeah around? you can throw one out um this is a multi sort of i mean it's all kind of all encompassing sort of a cheap thing for storylines the clairvoyant spiritual leader. Yes. That that foreshadows mm-hmm. death or or victory or 
it's one of the most annoying things. And they go to the house and the lady's like, let us hold hands. And then something rises up and shakes and this, I can't believe that that's still done. Mm -hmm. It it makes me feel fucking crazy that it's still done. Yeah. Um, it's like the, the, it's, it's, again, it's, it's a cheap writer's trick to get some information in there and also to sort of like play into the idea of like what the movie's about. Here's a person that's explaining the rules of what's going on to you a little bit. And again, you need that in some way, but that's about the laziest way to do it. It is. Have a psychic or like the person's walking down the street and a a, a gypsy woman points at them and says, you are marked with the devil's mark or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's like, again, it can be done in a way that's fun, um, but but it can also be done in a way that's just like, oh, they, they, they were... They were writing something, and they just went to the pull-down menu of horror movie characters. Yeah. It's always it's always like something really, like, there's a picture, mm-hmm. and then the person looks at the picture, and they're like, uh, that's the thing about devils. You can't see their arms or something like that. They look at the picture, yeah. the arms aren't there or something. Mm-hmm. They're like, how do you not notice that shit before? Or that the eyes were a certain the way? The sad thing yeah. is, is that they're always the one that has to explain the movie to yeah. the audience. Yeah. Like, right. Because right. the idiots that are watching it, like, they didn't see the picture. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like the idiot lead character who has it the entire movie. <laughs> like, why have you not noticed why have you not noticed that your brother's eyes are jet black at yeah. the picture that he takes? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like it's so He's weird. different. Well that's yeah. you know it's the, related to the kid that can see ghosts too. But you know even if it's not the psychic lady they're going to see, I would say I'm tired of those characters who are like the sensitive character who can tell something's going on, you know, and it's yeah. like it's like there's always got to be that idea that someone's got like an affinity for the darkness or the forces <laughs> yeah. that are just outside our understanding. And it, yeah, it's yeah. very. It, it's also related to. Haven't we made fun of the librarian that that knows all about like? Yeah, we were t- like like pulls out. The- damn it, that's one of my. Oh picks. shit! Well, okay, <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, then, no, no, it's yeah. fine. What what did we see? You and I saw um, the Ethan Hawke movie. Oh what, no, it was uh, Mama. No, no. Well, I think it's in Mama as well, but it was. Um, oh. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character in uh in Insidious. No, no in, um... he's the writer. Yeah, what was the name of that? They're doing a sequel of What's it too. The... Oh, Ronald, what is it called? Ethan Hawke, uh, the American uh, true crime writer. It's not nefarious. It's a one word. It's sinister. Sinister. There yeah. it is. They're making a second sinister. It's like yeah, yeah. there's there's the yeah the, the 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 guy is he a librarian? He's a librarian, well, he's right? Almost, he's either a librarian or like another writer or a professor or something. Something. But I know that in Mama they go and it's like the old the librarian or like the lady at the yes. at, at the evidence locker or something. Yes. I'd have to remember, but it's just like a little old lady who happens to like oh I know that one and pulls it out and happens to know everything. Yeah, that's the same. Like they go they go to the it's raining they go to the library yeah they're like let's look at periodicals from mm-hmm. 1954 yeah and virginia in this particular town they're like oh, oh someone was killed at this house and that's why the haunting is happening or or in a lot of movies too <laughs> that guy is it's 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 a it's a rare bookstore <laughs> yeah it's a rare bookstore and the yeah. guy has like well we haven't pulled this one out but he usually knows a little too much about the subject and frequently that that <laughs> character gets killed like in a few scenes later, a shadowy figure enters the same shop yeah. and asks for the same information, and then but this isn't as nice as our heroes were. You know what I mean? Like they always have to give you that warning. Like and it's usually like a weird looking character actor. Do you know what I mean? They usually get like a stumpy looking, ugly person with a twisty eye or something. It's you know, they, they, it's such a cliche. It you know? is. And some people have fun with it. 
You know what I mean? You can do that and have fun with it and say, all right, we're going to get a a really funny character turn and get like someone to come in and chew the scenery. It can be great. Again, it just has to do with how smart the writing is and how whatever arrives to the screen from the script or what the original idea was, I think it gets watered down a lot. I mean, I keep thinking of one of my favorite librarians. Maybe the best has got to be Giles from Buffy. Yeah. But that is a character that really, he's like, he's like the satirical take because he is like... He turns out to be a badass, but the joke about him for a while was just that he got knocked out in like every episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What'd you think about the original Buffy? The movie? The movie. You know, I don't think I've ever seen it. What? 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 It's pretty great. I like it. It's really great. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, I remember wanting to see it because at the time it was one of uh, Paul Rubens' first roles, kind of when he was back from his, his, uh, you know, exile. Speaking of which, we were just talking about that. All he did was jerk off in a the movie theater. That's would, light. Can you imagine if if in that time back then when people did what they do now, like sex tapes and mm-hmm. the fappening? And... Well, now that there would be a hashtag, pounding it like Pee Wee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and people would just, it would be like, he'd be like, like, you need to start that now. You need to start it now in case he has a relapse. <laughs> It's it's so crazy that that's what he. No, I've did said that so like, many times that like he would, it would not even be a blip. Now the no. only thing that made it tricky for him though was that he was a children's. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But I don't think he would. It would be like well now he's just gonna have to go back to the other side of Pee Wee because Pee Wee started out like there was an yeah, HBO was special. Like an adult thing, he's yeah. like got mirrors on his shoes and he's trying to look up girls' skirts and stuff like that. Yeah. Like so he's he started out as kind of an R-rated thing that was you know childish juvenile humor, but then but you know Pee Wee's Playhouse was such a great success and. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've always thought about that. How like that just that's like one of the the biggest raw deals. Uh, oh yeah, in, in entertainment, you know that it's because also there's also a lot of judginess there. Yeah, you know, and I think yeah. that's the thing. You just don't. People are a little bit more honest about like what just what they do now. Yeah, everybody know? has like their thing though. Like that mm-hmm. that's the part that bothers me. Like that thing was weird, of course, but everybody has one thing that's really weird. And if you told somebody, yeah. be like, oh, that's. That's a little strange. But not everybody's but... been caught in public. That's true. Plus, it didn't look good. He had the he had like a beard, and his hair was all long and stuff. <laughs> he it looked was great. Like, yeah, it, but it was like it was like <laughs> here's the top of his game. Like the, the, you know the fo- the photo of his like mugshot next to a picture of Pee Wee Herman. It looked like oh he's falling off. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, no, you're right. It's craziness. But no, I have to see the Buffy movie. I I, I guess I've always kind of steered clear of it because Joss Whedon always acts like. He started the show to kind of rescue the concept from, right. from the movie, but this is, but that's just him being. Him. It's a it. It reminds me of like Clueless a little mm-hmm. bit. Like it feels like that same sort of feeling that I had when I saw Clueless. Like, damn, this is funny and mm-hmm. it's different than it's anything. Silly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of silly and, yeah. and fun, and I don't know. I I liked it. Well, well, my next uh, sacrifice is uh, it's 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 a twofer sort of. Yeah. But it's a it's it's a mechanical and human failure. So <laughs> whether it's um, any, basically the most common thing that most of us do as babies, you know, the first successful thing that you know besides shitting by yourself, it's um being able to walk. Mm-hmm. So you know, in a horror movie, anytime somebody's expected to do more than walk, as in stride, jog, <laughs> run. Mm-hmm. Hardly ever do they succeed in getting from point A to point B without falling down. Yeah. <laughs> so you immediately forget how to do that. And the other part is the uh, the mechanical piece, which is you know that nice car that you see in the movie all the time. <laughs> They're driving around the whole time in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, whether it's the hot rod or an old fixer upper or just like a new new hybrid, whatever it is. <laughs> Anytime you need it to start, 
Not gonna start. Not you know how start. sometimes your Never car starts. just doesn't start for no reason. Yeah. yeah, and it's always the reason. Yeah, when you know you're being chased by right. a serial killer. Yeah, or whatever. What? Why do all the serial? I'm trying killers... to think of when my car hasn't started, and I've been. I haven't been like, oh shit, I left the lights on. Yeah. There's always yeah. a reason. You know, it's never just like it didn't start because the car is like scared. I yeah. think that's what's yeah. happening in yeah. those yeah. moments. The car is just it's buckling under the pressure. So yeah. yeah. Why do all the killers have the wherewithal to know where to cut the electricity? Uh-huh. Know where to cut the right wires under, under, underneath the... See, where, 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 the, where the humans <laughs> in the film fail so badly, the killer, whether it's human or not, they always are, like, smart. You yes. know, like, they're like, trace this wire. This will cut it's all like, the power. I'm going to fuck up the catalytic converter yeah. in this fucking car. But where's the... This is the wire. Cut the green wire. That's the one. So crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. So. That's connected, Steve, to one of the things I've thought of. Not so much a pet peeve, but something I've realized that horror movies have to do now is they have to show the person dropping their cell phone in the water or they have to show the cell phone getting smashed or yeah. like in Strangers, yeah. the phone gets burned or whatever. Yeah. It's like uh, because you got cell phones or smartphones especially yeah. take all of the isolation. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, you can't be alone. You can't be isolated. Yeah. It can't be that nobody knows where you are. <laughs> yeah. You could be hiding and still, like, text to somebody. Yeah. Turn down the brightness. <laughs> yes. Put it on mute. My smart, start texting my, people. My, my smart home, I'm going to lock my doors from the closet. Yeah, right. Turn the lights out. Right. Yeah. Set the alarm off. <laughs> and so, like, they have to the show. The horror movie's over. The horror movie's <laughs> right. over. Yeah. Thanks it's, to my smartphone mm-hmm. and my if, app. If the mechanical stuff wasn't fucked up, you'd just drive away. Yeah. If you had a phone, you could just call. It's yeah. like, eh. But you have to show why it doesn't work. You have to show why. I mean, it's like, again, slightly different genre, but like in Jurassic Park, they have all the little failures of different things around the park. But they have to show you like just how fucked these people are. Sure, sure. When it's done well like that, it really adds to the fear. Agreed. But when it's cheap, it's just another way to say like, we really wanted to set this movie in 1970, but we didn't. And so we have to show (laughs) that there's no power and that there's no cell phones. We have to have someone say, now remember, no cell phones on our (laughs) retreat this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real big thing. Like the whole like... Running over to the phone and mm-hmm. saying, hello, hello, hello. Yeah. And then the zoom in as they pick up the wires. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's cut. <laughs> that, it. That's how Ronald would react in that moment. <laughs> the, the visual of him just mimicking that right now that is exactly beautiful. how it's like, <laughs> he, he, like, he like traced it down below our table that we're recording. Like, no, you know oh, what, Steve? Cut. I, I got scared. I got really worried, but then I remembered scared. I have internet. Yeah. <laughs> At least it shows that we're connected still. I don't know. Zoom oh, I got in. really scared when Ronald did that. Medium shot. Oh, damn it. It's cut. Well, but the other thing about that is that's usually the moment in the movie where even the people that are denying that something is going on, you can't deny, like, yeah. the brake lines are cut or the you go out to the car and it's been messed with. It's like somebody did this. Somebody, yeah. you know, suddenly that's when even the skeptical characters have to recognize <clears throat> there's something going on. The friend you know? always says something along the lines of, it's some freaky shit. Yeah. <laughs> some freaky shit going on. So weird. Meanwhile, the main character's been trying to convince everybody <laughs> yeah. the entire movie that some yeah. freaky shit was going on. But the moment they see a phone cord cut, some freaky shit. I'm buying into it now. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't even always have to be explained, even. Like, some of the examples I'm thinking of, it's just like, you know, the car just turns over. Yeah. You yeah. know, and either it never starts and you're dead, or, it, of course, it starts right when he's, like, knocking on the window, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you just pull off, and he's in the background <laughs> swinging his chainsaw around or something like that. That's some you know? shit. I, I know that that's, like, totally intentional, like, oh, God, no, she fell. Yeah. But, I mean, some movies do it so well where, like, you know, I think of, like, your next, like, when there's a strong character that really doesn't mess up. I mean, there were flashes of, like, that dumb moment or, like, mm-hmm. you know, just human failure. Like, we were talking, like, yeah. a couple weeks ago when we saw Fury, we were talking about the, uh, I don't even know why we got on the, your next, but we were talking about uh, Amy Simet's character when she runs out the door. And, like, mm-hmm. that's, like, a, that's, like, that's one of those dumb human error moments. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of, like, there's a twist to it, you know, like, that made it 
while you're like, oh shit, you're not yeah. like, oh she messed up, right? You know, it's like yeah. somebody outsmarted her, right? Because that was planned, you know, like, and that's kind of cool, but like, it's it's just that it's just that sometimes it's just so overwhelming to me watching a movie, like especially because we, you know, like you said at the beginning of this episode, it's like we watch so many horror movies, yeah, and you're you're totally and we're totally fine with it. We're not going to stop watching them because these things are in these movies that we're talking about, mm-hmm. but you can say, but you know, it's it's just like. There's moments when you're like, oh, it would have been a lot cooler if you didn't rely on that thing. Right. You if know? you didn't go cheap and, and if you didn't, like, again, go into those cliches and, like, you know, fall into that trap. Break the mold right here. Right. Like, there's something, is there something really cool you could be doing with the environment that person's in? Like, I, I, like I kind of feel like you're next did with that scene well, I'm I, talking about. Well, with that scene, but also just related to the characters being kind of unpredictable, one of the cool things about your next is it takes that character who ends up being resourceful and kind of able to think their way out of the, these issues yeah. and creates a, I call them issues. Those are <laughs> yeah. issues. If you're, if you're trapped in a house and Just everyone's a getting minor picked issue. off one by one by people <laughs> yeah. in animal masks. Um, but they, they give a background to why that character is sort of resourceful and yeah. why they're able to MacGyver certain things. And I think that's kind of, that's the kind of thing that it's not quite the same thing as breaking the mold and telling a truly original story, but it does go further than the cliche by saying, okay, we're going to enjoy this cliche, but we're going to give you a, both a spin on that cliche and a, you know, we're going to, we're going to earn it. We're going to yeah, show absolutely. why this character is Perfect. like, for instance, one of my pet peeves, a lot of times in horror films is the cliche. There's always a character who is like, the, the character who's had a tough time and all the friends are we're, oh, we're going yeah. off to the cabin or we're going off yeah. on this vacation and there's one person who's either just been assaulted or they've just gotten out of some institution yeah. or something and they're the weak soft one. Yeah. Well, in the Evil Dead remake, yeah, one of my favorite a, things about that, about that was the fact that the, the, the demonic possession was played as possibly a relapse of this addict friend of theirs. Yeah. Um, and even in Cabin in the Woods, which was playing around with the cliches of it a lot, once you realize what the movie's doing... It, you realize they were doing that in a very calculated way oh, by totally. presenting, oh, this is the kind of good girl who's like had a tough time and she's supposed to be going away for the weekend and forgetting everything, you know. Um, yeah, so like all of that kind of is connected to me to that idea. Right. What was the what was the what was your overarching thing there? Just was, mechanical was, and mechanical. Okay, mechanical error. failure. So failure. It, failure yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's funny and it, that is the ultimate cliche too though Steve is yeah. the is as far as the human failure thing the, the tripping and falling to the point where I wonder if like that would be something that you would say I won't do it if I was yeah. writing a horror movie yeah. I just won't do it I feel like I've said that out loud many yeah. times watching horror movies like if I trip yeah. just leave me yeah. I do yeah. not deserve to even have a chance at survival if I can't pick my foot up and put it down in front of it you, oh, you yeah, know right. the other but and, I, the, and the best part of it all mm-hmm. is that the entire time that they're doing that the killer is always what? What is the killer always doing? It's always right behind him. But what is the killer doing, though? Walking. Walking. <laughs> yeah. You know how you don't fall? Yeah. Walk. Yeah. Just yeah. walk about 10 seen, steps uh, ahead of him. Behind the mask? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like the way in that they explained that the, the, the style of running when they're not looking and yep. then walking when they turn around. Yep. I yep. thought that was really clever. That's genius. Yeah. That's, that's a good flick. Which actually is kind of connected to, to one that I had on my list, uh, which I didn't know how to call it except what to call it except that uh, like no respect for space-time, which is to say that the killer is always 
just around the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No matter where. I mean, it's one thing to say that, like, Jason is some kind of weird. I mean, obviously, again, Jason's another character. Jason Voorhees from the yeah. Friday the 13th films. He's another character that started out as a, a big killer yeah. and has become a weird undead thing that, yeah. you know, has all these things attached to it. But, like, he can't. He's, he's also a teleporter. Apparently, yeah, because he's he's uh, he's in the boathouse and he chases you out and then you run up on the porch and he's waiting on the porch, you know. And that's great. Never, it's never made clear. Um, and he's a large man. He's it's a large like man. And a... even in Halloween, maybe the most perfect of the kind of typical genre-fied slasher films, um, one of the best. If you're going to make an argument for a horror film being like a classic, mm-hmm. Halloween is one of the definite ones in the conversation. Oh, sure, sure. And even it has the kind of trope of Michael Myers is in one place and then he's in another place and he's always kind of waiting. And I've always wanted to picture like the killer like in between showing up around the corner and hiding, like booking it to the car and like driving across town and like waiting and looking and then, out and being like, where is she? Oh, there she is. Oh, I'm going to come out slowly. You and you got to play it cool though. You yeah, know, you right. can't be huffing and puffing. No, you got to like, hold like your breath. A, it's like, um, who am I thinking of? It's not in Behind the Mask, but another character running. And then, oh, the uh, Principal Rooney oh, uh, running Bueller. down the hall in yeah. Bueller, where every time he passes a door, he tries to look casual. Well, but yeah, he, but that's perfect. Like, I, I always picture Michael Myers like being like, shit, I've got to get across town now. Because, wait, she has science at, at, I think, third period. Yeah. She's going to look out the window. I need to be sitting across yeah. the street. You know, I need to I be, need looking to be at present. Her. Right. And then when she look, I need to know when she looks away so that I can be gone when she looks again. <laughs> when she know? looks back. Yeah. Where's a bush? I got a duck. Yeah, right. <laughs> I sure hope the Watkinses have uh, hung up their laundry because it'll be really spooky if I stand amongst the hanging laundry. I know she can see that from her back window. And, and nobody else sees them except for that person, yes, which right. also makes it really weird. Yeah. It's strange stuff. That's hilarious. So, that's yeah, a good one. No respect that's a for good space one. time. That's kind of connected to the mechanical failure. It's yeah. all about, again, ways of creating these these kind of scares that, that again, I mean, who knows? Maybe if you saw a movie where people ran everywhere and never fell down, you would be like, well, this is too, this isn't that exciting. But I feel like maybe what that means is let's find another way to be scary. <laughs> Boom. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. I love yeah. it. That would be That would be perfect. Um, the struggle scene is probably one of my most hated. How do you mean? Yeah. Killer is on top of person. Person (laughs) person is reaching for a weapon of some sort. Yeah, three minutes later. Yeah. (laughs) Like reaching, trying to gather themselves or or they get knocked out Mm -hmm. and they're like on the ground and they see the person coming towards them and they're struggling to reach for something that is just within arm's length. It's always just outside of it. I just fucking hate that, man. I feel like there's other ways that you can do that. I feel like, I don't know. Just not do it, maybe. Mm -hmm. But that is one of my most hated in any genre, but particularly in horror films, where the person is in trouble and something is within arm's length, but not quite the handle of the gun. The finger's just touching... But don't handle. you know, though, that they always just get it, though? <laughs> just you know? get it. I really like... It's that burst of... You know, it's connected to one of my favorite things in almost any movie, which is that the burst of strength... Yeah. Yes. That, like, you get, like, you've, you're tired, you've been beaten down, you weren't strong enough to do it before, <laughs> you've just got... Worse things happen to you. Since you, you weren't strong yeah, enough to you do failed. it, you've been shot, knocked down, mm. and now you get the final burst of strength. Or, or in that case, the final, like, the shot of the hands grasping something, and then there'll be a shot where the hand's just grasping it a little bit better. And it's like, I've done that. I've been on the couch and tried to reach the remote control and, like, knocked it off the couch. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't suddenly, yeah. like... You More know, often you, you make it worse. Unless you're, unless you're like a, I don't know, a frog that's got, like, like sticky <laughs> fingers or something like that. Spider-Man. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I fucking can't stand it. Well, you kind of know what's going on when you see that scene. And especially if you know where it is in the film and you know which character it is. A lot of times, too, there's no tension because if it's the character you fully expect to survive, and usually you can pick that person, you know they're not going to die. And if it's someone who you don't peg to survive, you're like, well, they're not going to get there. The thing is, also, (laughs) if it's a gun, if it's a gun, every almost every time they say something right before they shoot the person, Mm -hmm. they're like, uh... Go somewhere. Go to hell, bitch. <laughs> Boom. Gonna like it's always that fact because you know that's what's coming. It's yeah. There's like there's like there's a mashup online of like that of that scene. <laughs> it it's that like literally a five minute video of a compilations of every like the post like final yes. shot like the yeah. little one liner like <laughs> from every action movie like horror be. movies. It's Go quite amazing. It's Boom. quite amazing. See you in hell. Boom. It's like the same fucking hell, die, heaven, see you in hell. So fucking stupid, man. Freddy's dead. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that's probably got to be one of those. That's so good. Freddy's dead. Boom. They're, they're so good though. They they're are. so bad. Like yeah. I'm trying now. You got me thinking about like what the good ones are, oh. and like and every single one has like there's some great play on word. Like it's yeah. the, the worst play on words. Which, which is strange that you would be that witty when you're that in that afraid. moment. Well, don't you know that you, don't you come up with your best stuff when you're about to die, but like yeah. save yourself yeah. at the last yeah. second. It would. I mean, in real life, it'd be like boom. Like I would never mm-hmm. come up with anything super witty. Right as yeah, I'm trying to, to think of what I say when I'm shitting myself with fear. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually more like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird sound, so. That's funny. Well, I would say that is funny. Like, that kind of is connected to something that didn't make my list. But if we were talking specifically about, like, a certain type of problem with movies, it would be the way the, the, the in, in the Nightmare on Elm Street films, like, when when Freddy went from being like a genuinely scary villain to sort of like the reason that you're watching the movies, yeah. you know, um, like all his one liners were awful. Oh, dude! Like the whole like he's like a comedian. Let's get high, bitch. Yeah. It was always <laughs> and he shoots her with his ne- yeah. his blades that yeah. have become like drug needles. Yeah, that was just that became a joke with my cousin who was one of my big horror movie uh, watching buddies. We would just walk around being like, you know. Come over here, bitch. It was always <laughs> that raspy. You know, but what? it's like when that happened, it wasn't funny. I mean, I don't know. I think that was something that, like, I was, I definitely was like a fan of that character. But looking back, I was, I was never scared. Like those, yeah, you know, those like were... maybe there were scary moments in the third one, but at that moment, it ste- ceased to be scary and much more about like just how creative were the kills going to be. Yeah. Oh, that's so true, man. I, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street, but you were right earlier. You're saying like, basically, like after. Uh, what was it like Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream yeah. Warriors? Yeah, like all of them, like every single one of them had something like that. When when he would get every one of them, it'd be like a little one liner, yeah. right? Or and then from that point on, like there was the girl who like had asthma, mm-hmm. and and he kills her in class, like let's suck face, and yeah. like he like <laughs> kills her. And there's like the uh, the gamer from like uh, uh, Freddy's was, Dead, yeah, or well, one of them, like it was actually um Freddy's Meyer, yeah, uh, where he's like. Power glove. Yeah, and he's got was, the power glove on his arm. That was definitely Freddy's dead. That was definitely Freddy's dead. I could not believe how how like clownish it got after that yeah. point. Like, and the one guy has like the hearing aid and it like yeah. turns into this like insect that like eats his ear and he's yeah. Can you hear me? Like, <laughs> um The last oh. thing the last one I was gonna throw out there, um hmm. it's a specific scene and it kinda goes like with the whole idea of like the jump scare. And one of my favorite horror slash horror comedy satire films made fun of it to perfection. It's the mirror scene. Um, oh. So, you know, you open the mirror, you close the mirror, 
right behind you, the killer, or whatever yeah. it is. Shaun of the Dead, great scene in Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> where they continue, like, they're just making fun of that scene, and it goes on, it's perfect. But yeah, I mean, every every horror movie you see, I feel like almost everyone has that scene in the movie. You know, there's tons of, like, the jump scares, like, where the, the music shoots up, or, like, you know, she's taking her medicine at night, she opens the thing to take her pill out of the jar, closes it, and the killer's there. Yeah. Or she thinks the killer's there. You know, she turns around, and nothing there. But... That scene is so annoying to me because mm-hmm. it is truly like it's programmed. Yeah. You know, it is programmed. Like people see a mirror, oh my god, something's gonna pop up with that mirror. And you can watch a harmony with a crowd mm-hmm. and you can instantly see the crowd prepare themselves yeah. for that scene. Cause they want it, but they're so bad. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, and most times so it's like the dumb thing like where nothing's actually there. Mm-hmm. The the person just imagined this killer that they've never seen before in the in the in the film up until that point. But but they know what the killer looks like somehow, yeah. you know, or they have a way to show the killer in the in the, in the mirror or, or well, something. If you watched horror films, you would think that everybody has a medicine cabinet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like every character yeah. has a medicine. Every and character everyone, has an old fashioned mirror over the sink medicine cabinet. You know, um, I I find that like I'm trying to think of when I've seen it done really well. Um, you ever seen the movie Miss Forty Five? No. That's one of the few times I remember seeing that where I was like, oh, that actually did kind of stick with me. Nine times out of ten, it is the most. Anytime in a horror film they do that thing where the rhythm, you can tell there's an there's a wide space that's open in the shot. Like a really smart horror movie director will use that anticipation. They'll frame people in odd ways where you're seeing a little bit more of the hallway or you're seeing outside the window or yes. whatever. And you're watching it. And a really good version of that, you'll be like... You'll, you'll be off guard. You'll be like looking around going, I don't know where to look. I don't know where the scare is coming from, you know, yeah. but, but usually it comes from exactly where you think it's going to. And mm. it comes at the moment where yeah. you're ready yeah. for it. But I'm trying to think of what movie we saw where we were saying, maybe it, you know, not to keep mentioning the conjuring, but that might've been one of the last ones I saw where I remember thinking <clears throat> while watching it, I was like, I'm not sure. Like the rhythm of the scare was yeah. a little bit oh, different. Man. It wasn't as you're, predictable. You're totally right. Scene? The what? The kitchen scene where there were like there were like a couple scares where they were like kind of panning through the the kitchen area. It was like a living room mm-hmm. into the kitchen, and they they kept like panning oh, in a weird way, and the yeah. scares kept coming from like the off beat of the. Yeah, anytime the... you're anytime you're like really tracking a shot, like looking for it, yeah, like not knowing where it's coming, that's good. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think the I mean you're right. Conjuring is a great example of that I I I actually recently I always think about. <laughs> Bless you. I always think about The Strangers, whether you like oh, that movie or strangers. not. And they gave it away in the trailer, and yeah. I wish they wouldn't have. The guy in the background? Yes. Uh, Fuck. That was a crazy scene. Even strangers. seeing the movie after the trailer, it, that, that scene, yeah. it, it, it's so off. Because yeah. you don't even see a really anything about them, what they are, what they're doing, yeah. and it's and you're kind of in the house where it's safe, right. and you're like, okay, she's safe. She's in the, it's it's kind of weird though. She's home alone. There's a big shot behind it, the table, yeah. and then that guy's in there. I'm like, oh man, shit just got different. Yeah, yeah. I, I still shit think the first half yeah. or two thirds of that is like some of the scariest stuff I've ever seen. Oh yeah. In a oh movie. my god. Definitely. I, so creepy. I'd like to see more movies like that. Like I've never felt so like, oh, this could happen to me. Well, I was alone in the theater when it happened and I was seeing it like one day I left work uh uh and I just stopped by I was like, oh I've got time and I, for some whatever reason I knew that I was not expected home that evening. You know, right. Nikki was out or something and so I was like, all right, I'll just I'll just go see that movie because I knew I would never get her to go see it with me. And sure. I was sitting like in the center of the theater and I was like the only person in there. And I mean, I was... I was Dude. Like this. And I was sitting there going I'm like... I'm getting a little I was like, I can't, believe I, I can't believe I came to see this. Like I felt like I was... In a really good movie, especially a, a horror movie that's taking you through an experience like that, you do lose track 
of reality around you. Yeah. yeah and you absolutely. begin to wonder, like, am I somehow, like, am I being infected by this movie or something? <laughs> or is there something different, especially with a really good horror film, it's like, is there something different about this movie that's going to give me nightmares? Yeah. Or that's going to give me dark thoughts Definitely. and I'm not going to be able to wash it off. Yeah. And the first, the majority of The Strangers, I think that actually, it actually feeds right into one of my, to my uh, last thing, which is third okay. act problems. Oh, oh so true. Okay. Um, yeah. And I would say that's connected to another one I had, which is like stealth, religiosity how many horror films when they need a resolution they just go to uh we've got to give the remains a proper burial yeah or we've got to get an exorcism up in yep. this bitch or whatever um and i think that um i think that's what they say usually that's the official <laughs> <one>. yeah <laughs> but um but back to what i was saying about the strangers like that's one where i feel like once it gets to the point where you realize that all they're doing is toying with them a little bit of the steam goes out of the narrative because you know at that point, well, they're going to either escape or they're not, or they're going to get killed, but I'm not like wondering what's going on anymore. And I think that when a, the way a really good movie, like for instance, um, a horror movie that I don't think has third act problems is House of the Devil, which might go down as Ty West's one true, truly great film. <laughs> um, but that's a movie that does the slow burn thing really well, but then when it does ramp it up in the last 15 minutes, it advances the plot and advances the plot and advances the plot and leaves you with a creepy scene and then an, a creepy idea and then it's over. Yep. And it's not a movie, it didn't sp- It didn't draw that out to make it a half hour. It, yeah. didn't, it didn't like go crazy halfway in and then have nowhere to go. It actually you know, sustained the tension until it blew up. Yeah. When I can see that done well, I love it, but so many horror movies don't, don't quite nail that ending and i would say the strangers by the time it gets to the end it's it's a creepy ending and it's still effective but the real horror is over once they're kind of like interacting with the people when the people that are are bothering them are this weird force that you see standing out in the yard or you see standing out amongst the trees and all that stuff there it's really scary but once it's just like oh these killers could kill them at any moment it's you know what I'm saying. It's just narratively, it's less less exciting to me. And I think a lot of movies do that. Like they, you realize at the point at which they've given you everything they've got. And a lot of horror movies have that great scene or that great idea or that great scare. But then you get down to how are they going to beat this force? Especially if it's a supernatural force, it yeah. can just be like some really arbitrary thing uh, uh, that defeats the thing. Or you know, like we used to joke all the time about in horror movies. Like, maybe this is taken from, like, the Freddy Krueger thing, but the idea of a character turning towards, like, a demon and saying, I'm not afraid of you! And then the demon going, no! And, like, going back to hell or something like that. It's like... That's all it took. It's, like, cheap and easy, and again, it just suggests... It's a little bit like Dorothy uh, clicking her heels, you could have gone home the whole time kind of thing. That, like... It's not that it retroactively makes the rest of the movie not scary because in the end they defeat it. Like this is, it's not an unstoppable force. It's something that all we had to do was, you know, uh, sprinkle some ashes and and like have a priest say a few words. Yeah. And that other thing about the stealth religiosity, you know, it can be done well. And regardless of what your beliefs are, I think you can go to see a movie about an exorcist or a demonic possession and you can buy into the narrative shocks it's trying to give you. Sure. But it does seem like the rule book is set up. And those movies seem like they're, it's a bit of a crutch for those yep. types of films. Because yep. inevitably there will be an exorcism. There'll yep. be a priest. There'll be yep. a, you know, something. And it's just like, okay, so this, in this universe, like, Christianity is just like magic. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. and that's just not, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm, I bet if you talk to the average Catholic priest, they would they would tell you that they don't deal with a lot of demonic possessions <laughs> in modern life. Maybe they do, but... Uh, so I, I'm very curious, yeah. and I would like this in three, five sentences or less. <laughs> how do you, how do you end the strangers? I, I don't know. I would say just sustain the feeling 
of what the fuck a little bit longer and then let that what is like the last half hour of the movie actually be like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Got and it. I think I would have been on the edge of my seat more. Okay. But once it's clear that they're like walking and watching them run, you know, like she's running out into the yard and they're kind of like, well, we'll catch up to her. I just feel like at that point for me, I'm not I'm not as curious as I was when it was like they're in the house, but they're not in the house. They're yeah. banging on the door. They're outside They're you know. Really, like, from the moment that there's a scene in The Strangers where the car, where they realize the car is no longer a route of escape, mm. I think after that, and they go back in the house, well, no, is that before or after The Friend? That, that was, was... I think that was... After when, the... when, when When Glenn Howerton shows up. Uh, that was... I thought that was after. Okay, I was about to say, because I think when Glenn Howerton shows up is the point at which the thought, movie sort I of... I think it's before. I think it's before. Because the that's happens. the point where the... I think that's the last true shock the movie has yeah. to give you, is what happens with, with The Friend. You know, so you're, you're okay. So you're so saying you're asking is. if the car is before him. Or I just after can't him? remember, but I think the car is before yeah, that. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I agree. I I was just because I I, 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 I do love that movie. It's more of a pacing thing than a I've, narrative thing. I've yeah, yeah. I've heard I mean, a lot I mean, of people would, with that same criticism, and which I'm is kinda... to say that I was like horrified for the first hour, and then after that I was like watching something unpleasant yeah. and being like, oh, I guess I'm not like ready for this to be over, but in a weird way, I was like, I'm ready to watch these poor people stop suffering. Yes. But the horror up to that point was keeping me engaged in a way that really I can't think of another movie that has scared me as much. And I heard, I've heard people start, it's weird, the reputation of The Strangers is starting to kind of grow a little bit. You'll mm-hmm. hear people nowadays saying, like your best, the best horror movies of the last 10 years, a lot of times now people are, are realizing that that's one. Because as far as home invasions go, oh, I don't man. think anybody's made it. Yeah. Right from the start, the girl at the door, the way that they'd figure out that like it, that she probably unscrewed the light bulb so that the uh, light wouldn't come on. And the, the suggestion that if they hadn't answered the door, maybe nothing fine. would have happened. Oh, yeah. oh. That's a, that's Plus a, the human drama of the night they're having. Oh my God. What was supposed to be a romantic night is not. Yeah. I want to watch that so yeah. bad right now. It's a no, good movie. Um, it's also loud. Yeah, it's an yeah. extremely loud yes. movie. Like I'm the banging really... on the door in that is extremely loud. I'm glad I saw it in the movies, mm-hmm. and it it really changed my whole perception of like what. That was more than seven sentences, by the yeah. way. <laughs> you know what? It was a good I'll movie too. It. That was home invasion related. Uh, the movie with Naomi Watts and. Uh, nor, oh oh uh, uh funny games funny games funny games that was yeah. a really unsettling movie yeah it was unsettling but like that the fact that somebody can you know the reason why i like the last i guess the third act of that there's something really fucked up about a person that can like sets up the situation so that you can't escape and then fucks with you at that point mm-hmm. right it, they're so sure of it yeah it yeah. went on for way too long that mm-hmm. part went on for way too long but there was something really it went from like scared to being like god this is like this is it this yeah. is over this there's something really sad about that and i love that mm-hmm. i love that it didn't stop it i'm glad that they didn't like like see a neighbor and get in a car and escape i love that it, it felt so definite whatever was gonna happen to them was going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And it was very definite that somebody wasn't going to leave alive. And I fuck it, I love the way that felt. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's, that's, a, that's like one of those movies that almost feels like it's like an evil movie. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Very it's designed evil. to... It's very it's evil. bleak and desolate. Absolutely. And it, and it actually is like designed to make you feel bad for wanting to see that type of movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the way that they kind of... The, they punish you for like wanting to see the characters get revenge on the people that are that are doing bad things to them and yeah. they really make the characters pay too. <laughs> you know, like there's especially that one gimmick that they pull in the middle of the movie where they just flat out say, no, there's no hope in this story, you know? Yeah. 
and you probably know the moment I'm talking yeah. about. That's almost like a filmic, a tricky moment. But yeah. Well, guys, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good yeah, combo. Definitely. I want to go watch all all of my horror movies now. <laughs> no, the Strangers is definitely one that I I like. I want to see that one again, but I the the last time I watched it, it's still like I remember at, like turning the volume down because I was watching it late at night and it gets so loud and I was like going you know shit like you're right though I remember seeing it in the theaters and like, having that moment where like you kind of you kind of for, you kind of forget your true surrounding mm-hmm. because of how much into it you are and like because it does feel so real and relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you like you know you kind of almost like I remember I remember being at the theater watching that movie and like kind of like looking, like looking into the corners of the theater. You know, like yeah. where the exit signs are and it's yeah. dark. You're like, I don't know how I'd feel if I looked <laughs> over there right now. and just saw anybody. You know, like yeah. it would really fuck me up. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that that was that's a that's a true. There's only really been like a handful of experiences like in the theater. Well, I actually, when I was sliding down in my chair, I was like, just I want to finish watching this movie and I don't want it to be too easy for someone to come up behind me and slit my throat. Yeah. So I'm gonna slide down, but I'm gonna keep watching. <laughs> I'm gonna the stay movie. right here. But you're right. If I had looked over and there'd been a person like sitting in the row behind me doing this, <laughs> I would have just <laughs> fucking gotten out of there. You would have found that exit. Yeah, right. Yeah. I would have like rolled. Yeah, yeah. Some really cool move, and then you would have probably tripped on the way out, mm-hmm. obviously. And then I would have gone back for my jacket and my phone in the pocket. <laughs> But yeah, good stuff, man. And uh, I'm sure none of these things will ever stop appearing in horror movies. Yes, yeah. it's it's uh, something we shouldn't expect, but it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Well, again, I think that the people that make the movies, you can see the effort not to repeat some of these things. And I oh think yeah, that that is something that like even a movie I like as much as The Strangers, which has does so many things right, it still has you know the what I consider to be again third act problems is a very vague way to put it, but mm-hmm. like there's it's hard I think to sustain. I don't know how you would do it, just like with a comedy. The way the editing, the pacing, everything has to be so right to make, like, how do you know what's scary to you would be scary to other people? Oh, yeah. The fact that these movies can be as successful as they are is kind of cool that people can kind of know, like, we've got you. And we yeah. know that if we make you wait two more seconds, you're going to jump. We didn't even talk about jump scares. That could have been a whole a whole category. That, but, that, uh, that sort of, I, I at least mentioned jump scares yeah. when I talked yeah. about the mirror thing. Right. But, yeah. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a form of that. But, yeah. um. Yeah. All well, right, guys. That's uh, 120 right there. Wow. And uh, wish a happy Halloween to everybody. Yes. Hopefully you guys are out having some fun. No, I hope that they downloaded this podcast and they went home on Halloween and they're sitting in on a Halloween night listening to their, like, maybe they're avoiding trick-or-treaters. Maybe they're in one of those neighborhoods where they don't like the, the kind of ruffians coming by. Or maybe they just don't want to answer the door. They don't want to answer the yeah. door. So they're inside by candlelight listening to this episode. You never know. I was glad we could be part of your experience yeah, on Halloween. Yeah. Loyal listener. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit up moviesmovie.net, moviesmovie at gmail.com, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, as always, you've made our day. And then a creaking door. And then chains. A little rattle, rattle, rattle. And then a howling wolf. Put it in in post. <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying that wasn't good, or I'll put it in. Okay. Post. <laughs>